Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jesse HS, and this is the Heart God Media Podcast. I just wanted to uh, do a quick little hot take episode. Um, and this is technically our 50th episode, so it is um, convenient and um, interesting that um, I actually have to cut uh, the uh, proverbial uh, promo. Uh, for this episode, uh, something that uh, I encountered today that I encountered many times within the horror community, um, but I felt the need to share. Um, we have a we have a smaller uh, niche audience that listens to this podcast, and uh, we get people that stop in and check us out, and uh, we get listens. Uh, we have uh, you know a scattered audience. We have a couple different countries. Um, but mainly, uh, our listeners are on the East Coast, minus someone in Mountain View, and uh, a couple people in LA, and, uh, but a lot of our, for some reason, these horror, a lot of horror stuff, it seems, is East Coast, a lot of conventions are Northeast, um, so there's a lot of listeners in, in the Northeast, a lot in the East Coast, um, for this podcast, but we do have them throughout the United States, I'm getting off in the weeds here, um, but as someone who's been involved in the horror community, quote unquote, as stupid as that sounds sometimes, um, as far as going to conventions and things like that for or ten odd years, um, and you know, and with uh, social media becoming so prominent now, and you know, I feel like every Instagram. You know, all these Instagram uh, stores, people who start these little businesses and they have uh, little stores with, you know, these uh, horror artifacts and they print T-shirts and the T-shirt thing is like insane. And I'm someone who collects a lot of T-shirts. I I don't think I've thrown a band shirt out. I've given a few away to, to friends that no longer fit me and things like that. But I'm someone who collects a lot of T-shirts. I have probably well over 500 T-shirts. The last I counted, it was... A hair under 500 and that was um almost three years ago when i did a full inventory count um that's neither here nor there i guess but um it's 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 somewhat relative uh so there is a company who um you know after some thought i was just like you know you know i talked to the to the girlfriend i was just like i'm gonna blast these guys on the podcast i'm literally i'm just gonna call them out but you know what? I'll I'll take a little bit of a, a higher road, not much higher, but a little higher. Anyway, there's this company. They're very prominent. I think their headquarters are in Texas. I'm unsure. Um, but they do vinyl and they do um like posters and uh, t- to throw it back a few years ago on Alien Day 2016, this particular company released a a limited edition um, variant of the Aliens, uh, James Cameron's um, uh, Aliens uh, original soundtrack. And this variant was like, uh, I think it was like a, it was like a acid yellow green and it had, or acid yellow or whatever. And it had that, you know, the liquid inside it encased within the actual record. So it moved around and stuff. Anyway, before, I sat there on my phone with a a fellow, um, with a friend, um, and we both got on the site, and before we could even, we literally were sitting there like 10 minutes before waiting for the countdown to happen, keep 
and kept hitting refresh and, and instantly they were sold out before we could even get our hands on it. It's happened with posters on their site and stuff. And uh, so I guess what I'm getting at here is if you go to eBay almost immediately, that shit's on there. And I know that there are buyers, um, people who will buy multiple and sell them. And those people do exist. And, and that record, I, I believe, was like less than 100. Um, so that is possible that that may have sold out. But the posters, mm, yeah, they probably sold out that quick. But I also have been on eBay and I've seen eBay stores um, that have the these items that are in the same city, The some of these... Uh, companies are located in and then there's also one in Dayton Ohio um that constantly pops up for anything uh ooh, I almost let it slip I almost was gonna say it um but you can do your own research anyway the common variant of a record that was announced today for uh a movie that Tom Savini directed in 1990 um got a Got several different variant, uh, you know, pre-orders launched on several different sites. One of them being this site that we are talking about right now. And they got the common color, which was limited to 350, which is the, you know, the least, the least uh, rare, you know, the, the common color. Um, and that sold out before the variants of 100 that were way more limited, the variants of three or four different variants of 200 that were way more limited, and they were the rarer. Uh, color variants of this record so you're trying to tell me that people love your company so much that they're buying the the, the least rare variant because they want the oh i almost said it again uh so they want your company's exclusive instead of having one a cooler color two a rarer color um so they can have your so what they can have yours and then magically all like there's three four copies on ebay literally within 10 minutes of and I understand there are people there are flippers like that there're plenty of them but with your company it seems like they they're way more frequent than a lot of other companies like a lot of other companies like does it not seem weird that the the rarer variants aren't sold out yet and like yours sold out before the rarest variant and the rarest variant like sold out like a little like more recent like, like just like a you know as opposed to I think this was announced a few hours ago from when I'm uh recording this but and that the least rare the the most rare variant sold out after yours which is the common variant limited to 350 eh, it's not adding up so I think there's uh, what I'm saying is and and I'm I'd probably I'd bet my wallet on this that this company, and I'm sure there's others too, I have no doubt about it, um, because I've bought records that say, oh, they, and it's sold out, you buy it, and you're like, oh shit, I got I got it, and it's sold out, and then guess what, a year later, oh, we were going through the warehouse, and we found three or four of them, bullshit, you keep them, you hoard them, you jack the price up, six, seven, eight, ten dollars, and, and it's a fucking shit show, and it's a fucking money gouging fucking thing, because it's the, it's the FIFO syndrome too, the fear of missing out, uh oh that, wait that, that's first in first out um uh yeah but the the fear of missing out um that the, the horror community in general has um and then they i mean everybody that's involved with it i feel like 
honestly, if you want my real hot take and uh, a lot of people that are into horror right now that are printing uh, merchandise and things like that, they're not really into horror. They're kind of into horror and they like it. But at the same time, you talk to some of these people and they haven't, there's like, I mean, maybe I'm being, I'm sounding kind of elitist here, but um, you talk to some of these people and they're talking about how they don't, they haven't seen like several sequels in like a lot of franchises or they haven't seen like I've had, I've literally talked to companies that like the horror community as a whole adore and they buy the $27 t-shirts or the $30 t-shirts that are printed on dog shit. And let me, uh, you, you know, uh, but, but they haven't seen like night of these people that run these companies haven't seen night of the living dead. Okay. Give me a fucking break. I'm not buying like these people that they work their angle. Like, Oh, I love horror. And some of these guys do it just, I see girls, you know how I many girls that put fucking horror enthusiast in their Instagram bio or their Twitter bio. You ain't a fucking horror enthusiast. Cause because every white girl in America loves fucking Halloween all of a fucking sudden and loves fall weather and all that fucking stupid shit. And don't get me wrong, I've been a, a fan of Halloween my entire life. I've been a fan of the fall season my entire life. But like all of a sudden, like this, it's the same thing when you, if you want to you diverge into little like uh, microcosms of this, of this, like this kind of shit. Um, you know, like typo negative, like this is a band that's been around that, that was around in the nineties and they were even around in the, you know, throughout the two thousands until, you know, Pete, Peter Steele passed away in 2010 and no one gave a, the hardcore kids didn't give a shit about that band. And then all of a sudden, like people fucking love typo negative. And then you see Pete, these people reprinting and I'm fucking, listen, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, oh, I'm dumb enough to buy it, too, because I bought in shirts that these companies print that are fucking, uh, you know, the typo negative, ooh, reprint, typo negative shirt. They're not reprinting them because they love typo negative, and these hardcore kids that wear them, uh, if they read some of Peter Steele's lyrics, it, it would probably offend their, like, overly social justice warrior's ass, and I'm not trying to go on a political uh, rampage right now because... Uh, you, the truth be told, I hate 99% of conservatives and I hate 99% of liberals. They're all fucking dumb. No one gave a fuck about politics until fucking November 2016. And that's a fucking fact. Uh, you know, even uh, the Bush administration, you saw a lot of that shit um, where people were, you know, attacking the Bush Bush administration. And I was indifferent. I didn't really know what the fuck was going on. It was po the post 9-11 world and no one really knew what to think. Um, and terrorism was such a huge threat then, uh, you know, I didn't know what to make of it. And I hate to tell you, you know, in 2003, uh, 16 year old, 15 year old kid, uh, isn't going to have much of an intelligent political stance at all. Anyway, you know, no effects hates, uh, George Bush. Like that's, you know, the basis of what anybody of my age would have, uh, ran with at the time. And that, then that was pretty much it. There was no informed, uh, opinions on politics then. But I'm going again. I'm getting off in the the weeds here, as we all do. But if uh, those kids read some of Peter Steele's uh, lyrics, they're not so uh, concert or they're not so liberal, and it would probably offend these people that have a different cause that they have to post on Facebook every day. Um, but they keep just dumping money into their lives and live such material materialistic, uh, you know, fantastical fucking uh, illusions and delusions of their lives. 
but yeah, it, it kills me. It, it stretches into all facets of life, and, and you, you know, because this is a horror podcast, I'm a horror fan, uh, everyone that helps with this podcast and appears in this podcast are huge horror fans, uh, most of us are huge music fans and stuff, so we see it throughout different communities, whether it be horror or, you know, like music scenes and things like that, and I'm someone that, and like I said, I mean, it, there's a reason I kind of stopped going to, after, you know, going for Jesus, uh, you're talking uh, 17, 18, well, yeah, like uh, six, 15, 16 years of, you know, uh, going to hardcore shows and being, you know, I've been straight edge since 2002 and I've been vegetarian since 2004 and I, I hold those ideals very close, but now they are so far removed from, act. they're actually so far removed from like something that was supposed to be like an underground um and nothing wrong with it getting, uh, you know, rising to the mainstream and things like that. But those ideals, people care less and less about saying something in music, in movies, in horror movies. You look at George Romero who had something to say, whether it was intentional or unintentional. And he, a lot of his, um, a lot of his movies were uh, precautionary, uh, uh, warning heeds uh, to the masses. You know, you look at Dawn of the Dead with consumerism. Uh, Day of the Dead with, uh, you know, a military takeover, uh, Land of the Dead, I mean, that is 100% like a sign of the mid-2000s war in Iraq times right there, and then Diary of the Dead with the, you know, the need to document everything, and, uh, you know, uh, even in the worst case scenario, people are getting eaten alive by zombies, but we still need to document it, and that was during the MySpace era in 2007, and that was still, um, that was that was you know at the beginning at the crux of uh, when social media started at things like that and um, and you see how it is now like people film the most heinous shit because the the need to the con- the obsession with technology um, and then you know and s- it stretches into so many different facets and there I mean when someone like George Romero dies it, I I see things like this when you know, these uh, movie soundtracks are coming out, and I hold these movies uh, near and dear to my heart, and I think about how, uh, how much they affected me and the imprint that they left on me as a child that I literally am, you know, in my 30s now, and I, and I have a podcast that I love talking to friends about these movies and expressing to each other the, the meanings that these films had and, you know, the nostalgia that it holds and the memories that we have uh, connected to these certain films. And then when these soundtracks come out, I get so amped because I am such a music fan too. And and you hear these songs for um, for for years, and you grow grow up in these 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 scores and these uh, you know really rare like random bands around these soundtracks, and 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 they're so imprinted and they're part of the the fabric of uh, your life in a sense. Uh, in a sense, they are like part of the fabric of your life because I think about, you know, something like uh, these movies that like uh, the Night of the Living Dead 1990. That is the record that I'm discussing. So you can go figure out what uh, company had the most common variant and why it's sold out. And then you, you can go to eBay and see that it says 
the record company, the quote unquote record company or company's name. Oh, sold out variant, hundred dollars on eBay. Uh, with with a fucking insane markup on that. Um, see, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I, I mean, if it looks like a skunk and it smells like a skunk, it's probably a fucking skunk. Um, and that's what this company is. And uh, it really. Uh, I literally, like, I'm kind of disgusted that people, like, just take advantage of, like, you know, the people that go and, I, I don't know, I, I feel like the, the innocent, uh, the true fans, I feel like, don't miss out on stuff like this, um, <laughs> because most of us are average, hardworking fucking uh, Joes that pay our bills and, and dedicate most of our earnings to, uh, you know, these pieces of nostalgia, whether it be movies, uh, music, and, and, you know, a mixture of both with vinyl, uh, soundtrack, original soundtrack re-releases with these, uh, awesome variants, and don't get me wrong, I got no problem dishing out the, the 25, the 30, the 35 dollars for these, because it is art, but I also listen to it, it just doesn't sit in a, in a little area in my house where I, I don't ever, like, look at it, or I just, it's just, to, for the say-so to say I have it, like, uh, no, I throw my records on, I listen to them, I look at the art, I'm constantly reading things and records and CDs, I still love CDs, I still think CDs are the, the best, uh, format out there, and I know someone like a, like an Eddie Trunk, if any of you are familiar with him, is, uh, right there with me on that, but, I don't know, I felt the need to, um, kind of bitch, um, to be quite frank, and, and, and to, to, to let you in, one of the, um, one of the companies, uh, is selling this, uh, Night of Living Dead 1990 vinyl through, uh, Merch Now, and Merch Now I've had insane dealings with, um, they charge way, they charge way too much for shipping on stupid shit, like, uh, like vinyl records, um, you know, they were charging me, like, uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 dollars to ship this fucking record, and the record itself was 30 dollars, so you're, like, 40, you're, you're, like, 45, for 45 bucks in the fucking hole just trying to buy one record which is fine but when a quarter of that record cost is once is all said and done is uh, you know a quarter of what you're actually paying for it's it's lunacy is what it is um and uh uh one of the luckily one of the uh, companies that was selling uh, one of their variants. I got the record for thirty two fifty with free shipping, free media mail shipping, and I know media mail is cheap, but um, yeah, free shipping as opposed to you know I saved I saved over ten dollars ordering uh, you know a rarer variant uh, than one of the other ones. It's a, it's just insane, um, but I am grateful for the companies that don't fuck the consumer. Um, and, and, to to touch on something else is, uh, t-shirts. I'm someone who's printed t-shirts for, at this point, more than half of my life, I've printed t-shirts, whether it be in bands or for my own ventures, um, which I have one with, uh, Eric, uh, Tyler, E.T., who has been on this podcast on, you know, more than half of the episodes, um, uh, it's, uh, called no light and we do music and movie stuff and it's uh underscore no light underscore uh on instagram and uh you know we know uh and myself uh especially doing it for so long i know what it costs to print a shirt i know what it costs to pay someone for artwork 
Um, and I know some of these sh- shirts that have, uh, you know, movie images and stuff on it, if they're licensed, the licensing costs something, but at the same time, like I still, listen, I know what you're printing on. You're not printing on anything crazy. The shirt is maybe max six, $7 max. And then you have your own screen printing tools and those have been paid for cause you've been selling 27, $30 t-shirts. shirts, $30 shirts, you know, if it's a fucking baseball shirt, it's $30 fucking dollars $37, $38, so don't give me that bullshit, I mean, Slayer sells their fucking shirts for $35 or $40, and that's after fucking, uh, the venues take, uh, a quarter, take 25%, so 25% of that $40 for a Slayer shirt, they're not even getting, so you're literally selling your shirt for as much as a Slayer tour shirt, uh, tour shirt, and you're trying to what justify and, and don't get me wrong like slayers making a killing on those shirts because i'm sure that whatever companies they pay f- pay it through or whatever like give them a sick deal because they're ordering it in bulk they're ordering thousands because they're a huge band and they go on tour but also like i know what it costs to print a shirt and most of these companies especially the little instagram companies that literally only have like and, and that's all like my company with eric uh that's all our company is and that's just a, a something fun we want to do uh and we print on a nice fucking next level soft cotton uh shirt and you know it costs a little bit more than an anvil or a gildan or a uh, all style which is what s- most of these instagram companies print on and they charge more than what we charge for a t-shirt and you're trying to justify what? That your fucking all-style shirt, which is one of the cheapest shirts that you can get, and one of the most durable, don't get me wrong, I love all-style shirts, but and you're selling it for $30, or you're selling it for $25, and then you're shipping 7 So I'm $30 in for a shirt that has a, a front print, and even if it has a back print, I know you're maybe like $5.00, $5.25 like it costs to print each shirt and you're making what four or five times the profit for a shirt that costs five and a quarter like don't bullshit me like but most people are are, are ignorant to the fact they don't know what it, it, it entails to to get shirts printed and stuff like that and uh I mean <laughs> some of these fucking companies that they're fucking kids that are in their mid-20s and they're still living in their fucking parents house and maybe they just fucking finally got out of their fucking parents' house because they've been charging fucking $30 for fucking goddamn all-style t-shirts. It's insane. And as a consumer, as someone who, who buys this shit, I can honestly say the last two years I've scaled back tremendously. I don't buy vinyl like I used to because, honestly, they're just fucking... I mean, if, it, if, if there is no soundtrack that I can't find on CD... If the vinyl's really sick and I love the movie, I'll get it. And I got no problem with that. But where the problem comes in is where these companies are fucking the consumer on the back end, too. Where they're saying, oh, our limited edition, the the common color, sold out. Okay, well, the fucking rare variants didn't. So, do you want to come on the, this podcast and maybe explain yourself and try to defend yourself? No, you won't because you have enough people that are blindly ignorant and follow blindly and will just fucking pay whatever. Um, and and it's, it's sad, really, because it, it, it kills it for me. Honestly, when you go to a horror convention and you see, like, these, like, sick designs and they're just fucking, it's highway robbery, some of it, some of it is so, and they're just fucking sitting there licking their fucking, licking their fucking chops like the fucking cat that ate the canary, 
you know it's it's fucking it kills me but um yeah it's 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 a strange world and you know consumerism is as uh as worse as it's ever been whether it be you know phones or 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 you know t-shirts and and vinyl and this and that and the fucking other thing and every two years there's fucking something it's not a fidget spinner it's a fucking pop socket you know what the fuck else was there there was the fucking silly bands literally rubber fucking bands that you put around your wrist that were shaped like fucking elephants and fucking orangutans some guy made fucking rubber bands that were made out of fucking like animals and fucking and he fucking sold the company. Good for him. He fucking sold the company. And then fucking six months later, no one gave a fuck or even knew what the fuck a silly band was. Same with the motherfucker that made the laser pointer. It's it's a uh, it's funny. It's crazy. And I, and it and it saddens me because uh, I feel like when I first started going to like horror conventions and stuff, it was so innocent and it was so much fun, and uh, the crowds were much more. They were leaner. And in one aspect, I am glad that they've gotten way bigger um, for the people like, um, you know, like a Tom Atkins, like a, a Gunnar Hansen, uh, who who uh, obviously is no longer with us. But for these uh, guys that didn't really get the kind of recognition that they deserved back in their day for doing such monumental films, um, and they, they get them now with the the druids that come out to these uh, conventions and and uh, more power to them. I'm I'm happy that they have those long lines, um, but at the same time, it's brought a lot of the shittiness, you know, the shitty people into the horror community world. And it's not as it's not as innocent. It's not as pure. Uh, you know, the horror uh, convention circuit, especially, is kind of turned into the. You know, she was initially to to me and my friends. She was the she was the our buddy, our girl next door that was one of the guys, and and now she's turned into the the local uh, watering hole, uh, quite literally in some aspects. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but it's it's it it's so disheartening sometimes, and you see this stuff, and, and it's all about m- money. I mean, everything is about money, but at the same time, like. I try to just uh, keep my life as pure as possible and, uh, dev- uh, you know, void of void of bullshit. Um, so if there's something I don't like, I'm going to call it out and I'm probably going to call it out on this podcast. And I, I try to call people out in person without not, you know, not being a dick, but, you know, c- calling a fucking a spade a spade, you know, fucking like I said, if it, if it smells like a skunk and it looks like a skunk, it's a fucking skunk. It's a fucking polecat. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to vent about that and it's just kind of, uh, irritating that these companies, uh, blatantly take advantage of, uh, you know, the people that keep their companies running and it's unfortunate. Most people are just blind and, uh, will, will follow blind, um, whatever they feed them. And, uh, it's unfortunate, but yeah, my little, uh, hot take on it. So, uh. But yeah, this is uh, episode 50, obviously a much shorter episode, um, but I hope you've enjoyed uh, our last few episodes. Um, I did a Slayer podcast with E.T. E.T. and I talked about Slayer, our favorite albums, um, 
and that was a lot of fun and we ranked them and talked about the slayer shows we had seen this year because we caught slayer a few times and uh and then we did um the scream film series um that was a lot of fun uh myself etbt and sean did that and that was a lot of fun we ranked them we talked about each film we talked about wes and and Kevin Williams fan, and, and that was a lot of fun doing that. And then, you know, recently for our one year, uh, our one year and a anniversary of this podcast, we covered Fred two Fred Decker films. One being Night of the Creeps, and then the other being Monster Squad. And that was so much fun because uh, we all love and and revere those movies so much. And and it was timely because uh, Fred Decker obviously uh, uh, helping pen the uh, the new the Predator um, film. Uh, with Shane Black directing, that was uh, it was timely um, that we did that, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, we just did, and it's up now. It's our episode before this episode, which if you're checking this out, you'll see that episode before this one. Our '90s horror films, and we covered all kinds of films from the '90s um, that don't get talked about as much. Honestly, um, I feel like after Scream in '96, from that point on, you heard a lot about those horror movies. You know, that I know what you did last summers and and Urban Legend, and those ones that came out in the, you know, after the halfway point of the 90s, but there was a lot of films that we dived into and talked about a little bit, um, and a lot of sequels uh, from, you know, 80s uh, franchises and what have you, um, we talked about a lot as well from those early 90s periods, specifically from 90 to 95, so it was a lot of fun digging into those um, that people really don't get to highlight much, and, and I think we might even do a commentary on some of these uh, films that we may have brought up there. Um, and I know we're going to have some Stephen King episodes coming up and obviously we're going to be doing the entire Halloween, uh, franchise. And that is going to be a a legitimate blast. I can't wait. And then, you know, leading up to the release of, uh, Halloween, the new Halloween, which comes out October 19th. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, I can't really, uh, uh, it's just so much fun doing this podcast and I can't thank, uh, all of you who uh, listen, I can't thank you. Uh, I really can't thank you enough. So you can find us on um, Instagram at Hargad Media. You can find us. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at uh, Hargad Media. Um, the podcast is on SoundCloud and iTunes, and we are we do have a YouTube page. We don't have much on there right now, but we will have stuff soon. Um, and you can. Uh, subscribe on itunes and please rate and review uh any uh, any of that is uh, greatly appreciated so uh yeah thanks again and uh thanks for listening to me rant um i appreciate it but i had to i had to kind of call it like i see it um which i know a lot of that doesn't happen these days so hopefully you uh, you appreciate at least that thank you <laughs>